Welcome to the Heads Up for Tales podcast. I'm Rashi Narang, your host and also the founder at Heads Up for Tales. I know that the relationship you have with your pet is one of the most fulfilling kinds of love that you can experience. And I also know that your pets deserve the best life that you can give them. This podcast is dedicated to understanding our pets better so we can enrich their lives. I hope you find great value in this podcast and it helps strengthen the bond that you have with your pet companions. Hi everyone and welcome to the Heads Up for Tales podcast. It's the new year which means fresh resolutions for all of us. And I'm sure that many of you may have set fantastic fitness goals for yourself, but how many of you thought about making those for your dogs? Don't worry, you're at the right place. My guest for today is Pranita Balar canine behaviorist and India's first certified canine fitness trainer. She studied canine fitness at the University of Tennessee, USA, and has been working in this field for the past nine years. One look at her Instagram called Bark and Bond, and you'll know that she has a holistic approach to dog training, which comes from the immense love and respect that she has for dogs. Her goal is to help you give your pet the best quality of life. Pranita, welcome to the Heads Up for Tales podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, Rashi. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here and to talk about my new favorite topic. So diving straight in, Pranita, most of us are not aware on what canine fitness as a concept really means. The common notion is that you give your dog two or three walks in the day and that counts as exercise. Can you help everyone understand what you really mean when you say canine fitness and why is it important for dogs? So canine fitness, you can also call it canine conditioning. And uh, if you know the meaning of word conditioning means getting your body used to it or getting your mind used to it. You're conditioning your habit. You're conditioning the muscles. So it's just about that. Canine fitness is about physical health and mental health. It is about working on the larger muscles and even the deeper muscles so that your body, uh, like your dog's body, is conditioned and up for any kind of activity, whether that's running like crazy, whether that's zoomies, whether that's going for a hike once a month or once in three months, you know, all the explosive power that the muscles need because we do it once in a while and we are not getting our body used to it, it can easily get injured or have a damage on the body. So like, for example, I'm someone who barely exercises. Now I am doing it because if I am a fitness trainer, I can't expect from others. If I don't do what I ask the dogs to do, I have to put in the effort. Absolutely. So we do some of the other exercises, whatever you like, you know. And say one day, if I'm not done anything, and one day I'm just picking up my luggage while traveling, because a lot of times we don't have the trolley. I'll definitely have a shoulder pull because my shoulder is not used to having that heavy lifting. Or if I'm running up and down the stairs for my work or for any random thing, one blue moon, you know, my body is not used to it because I'm just suddenly doing it out of nowhere. My muscles are not used. My joints are not used to it. I'll definitely injure myself or I'll have muscle soreness the next day or some lameness. And this is what happens with our dogs also. When we play with them, when we walk them, we don't have a structure in mind. It is something I also learned you know, recently, it's not something I knew for ages and ages, but I learned that how important it is to get a dog's body used to it before playing the fetch, before playing tuck, before going for hikes, before swimming, any activity that you want your dog to do, 
the body's used to it, there's less injuries. Even if the injury is there, it's less severe. The recovery is better, faster. And the best thing is they get longer life. I think all of us want our dogs to be with us as long as possible. Oh, yes. So, oh, yes. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Pranita, you mentioned that you have a holistic approach to dog training. What does that mean exactly? So to anything I look at, uh, what is the dog's mind saying? What is the dog's uh, emotional mood? What is the dog eating? What is the dog's schedule? Exercise during the day, what the dog is doing, the environment the dog is living in, whether it's stressful, whether it's uh, complacent, whether it is if the dog is living in fear, how's the bond of the dog and the human, and how's the dog's physical health, whether the dog has any skin issue or any joint issue or the dog has a trauma in past and right now it's fine. Everything plays a part in the dog's behavior. And what we actually see is the behavior because that's the problem that every human wants to work on. They don't care about anything, anything else. Even though each and everything play, plays an important role, we just want my dog is jumping, I want the dog to stop jumping. My dog is biting, I want it to stop biting. Why is your dog doing that? Sometimes it's not as simple as it seems. You know, we think that and we expect the dog to be rational being throughout yeah without realizing maybe they're having a bad day maybe they're in pain that's why they're acting out so that's why I take a holistic approach and that's the one of the main reasons for me to study canine fitness also because I understood the behavior part I had done a lot of research and studying nutrition so I understood nutrition how it plays an important role but health physical health is something which uh, I was lacking in I had to always rely on the webs to know what it is, what's wrong. Obviously, I can't diagnose, but at least now I can know where the dog is in pain. I know where the dog is not conditioned, that's why the dog is going through this. And how can I help? Right. And have you, have you found that most pet parents that you're working with, have they been open to this approach? Uh, they have been reluctant. It's something completely new. And it is something, uh, you know, it's quite in trend now abroad in okay. US, UK, Europe. It's we are 10 years early into this in India because India has just reached a level where they are going for training for behavior issues. Yes. Earlier, they never used to even go for training. They think just sit down, stay, tricks is training, which is for just shows. And we don't want to put our dog in circus. And now they're learning the importance of just stimulation. And that's why canine fitness is far-fetched ahead. But I'm trying to bring in the idea that canine fitness is stimulation. Canine fitness is part of training, behavior, everything. And, you know, because people also think canine fitness is for canine athletes. Like, uh, it's a lot seen in <coughs> foreign countries because we have a lot of dog sports there. In India, we don't have dog sports. We don't have dog timing. We don't have agility competitions or we don't have um, barn hunt or any competition here. So people think that's only for athletes and our dogs are just simple pet dogs. But a lot of pet dogs also need this, you know. So uh, the way I take it as an approach, I take it as it's an exercise. It's a stimulation. So okay. when you put it across that way, then they are understanding. Okay. Okay, great. And... Um... Pranita, on your channel, I've noticed that you spend a lot of time with dogs trying to navigate through different terrains, 
um, out in nature, sometimes hopping over road gates or climbing over logs of wood. Why is that kind of movement important for dogs? So I try to put in the dog through what it will uh, actually be through when it's living in the city. So for example, uh, one, for socialization, so the dog is confident and comfortable with every terrain, with every surface. It's not scared for any obstacle, which a dog, if was a farm animal, or if the dog was a you know mountain dog, would have easily done it without worrying about it. But a uh, lot of, I have seen that a lot of pedigree dogs, they uh, are slowly losing their instincts. Okay. I don't know because we are humanizing them so much or something is happening if, or at the breeder side, those genes are not getting passed on. If you see in these, still till date, they have such strong instincts. They are very Absolutely. alert. Even if they get lost, they know their way back home because that's in their genes. It's so strong. But a pedigree dog, even though it's a sniff, you know, they're so good with scenting, right. they don't know their way back home. They're lost. Because they have not experienced or explored their side, that side of the instinct. And I think it's just uh, tied up in a box and we have not explored it. And when you open that box, you see how much your dog is uh, happy to do and how much your dog can do. And even the dog feels confident about it. So that's why I'd like to do uh, whatever is available around. That's easy for the pet parent also to continue. It's sustainable. You know, if I tell them you have to use this, 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 you have to buy this, 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 it's expensive. It's not sustainable. They're not going to spend extra time. So I like to include the exercises during the walk. Whatever comes, whatever elements around, in the house, outside, wherever you are, we are going to use those elements only and add it. So it's not an extra effort for you, but you're still doing something with your dog. I'm so glad that you touched on this because... Most of our dogs are, are working dogs, they're intelligent dogs, they need something to do to be able to use their senses. And uh, I see hundreds and thousands just locked up in apartments for most of their day with really, you know, the same walking path, the same food, no extra stimulation. And uh, I'm sure that this is just, you know, such a big step towards just educating people and, uh, and helping our dogs live a better life. So really happy right. to hear that. And, and Pranita, coming back to fitness, is that something that you recommend for every breed, every dog? Does the age of the dog matter? Uh, is it breed specific? Yes, it is for every dog, every breed, every age. It doesn't matter whether the dog is healthy or the dog has any health issues. Obviously, the, uh, the way the exercises are done, the intensity and difficulty level of the exercises, that differs and how we do it. The elements that we use for the exercises, that differs depending on the dog. If it's a dog who has uh, issues, say, hip dysplasia, or has gone through a surgery, or has joint issues, like, like arthritis, then obviously it differs. If you have to first go through the wet, get x-ray done, know at what level your dog is, get physio done. If the dog needs rehab, then you need to go to a physiotherapist. Then you can come to a fitness trainer to maintain that. So that you don't go back to square one. And for a healthy dog, if you're doing it from day one, you will really get to have to do, uh, you know, uh, have to face any of these crazy injuries. Got it. And, and when we're training them, you know, on fitness, um, how do we make sure that our dogs don't get injured while exercising? 
I mean, what I've learned the most, <laughs> what's so fascinating is that our dogs can hide pain so well and for so long. Um, and how do we really find those early signs of discomfort and what should we look for? That's rightly said that they do have a good threshold of pain because they are genetically not supposed to show they are weak and in pain in the pack, otherwise they'll be left back. And, uh, you know, so uh, the best way to see is the subtle signs of pain. So what will happen is if your dog is trying to take breaks between walks. Now, okay. you will think the dog is doing tantric, but maybe the dog is in pain. The dog just sits and refuses to do walk more, right. you know, or keeps taking breaks, sits, and then says, okay, now I can walk. Or some days your dog refuses to go for walk. Sometimes we see that uh, when the dog is getting up from asleep, when they're lying down on the floor and they're getting up from their bed or from the floor when they're awake, they're doing it in much slower manner than they would just print up. So those things are good to observe. So what I would suggest is observe what you're, where your dog is right now. Okay. You should observe small, small things because the understanding your dog's body language is what's going to tell you most. We can only learn what they're communicating via their body language whether it's their emotion, whether it's their pain, or whether it's anything else, because they can't talk to us. So you have to see, are they panting too much? Are they drinking water too much? Are they not eating at all? Or are they eating less? Or they are avoiding certain things which they used to not. If a dog is very agile in the house, would just hop and jump every now and then, is missing the jumps. Normally would do the same jump in sprint without missing it. But nowadays missing the jumps or just trying to get the hind leg up, like having difficulty just getting up. Those are certain signs. If you see just once or twice also, you don't have to immediately go to the way, but then probably start observing more vigilantly. Like, is it happening again or was it one? And if you see repetitions, take your dog to the wet. Got it. Great. And um, you know, like in humans, um, dog exercises can also help to cure obesity or hip dysplasia. Um, but alternatively, you know, if our dogs have existing health issues like maybe arthritis, um, how should how should fitness be approached in these situations? So, uh, if your dog has any ailments, you have to first get the right diagnosis by visiting an ortho by getting x-rays done if certain needs MRI because certain uh, ailments are not visible in x-rays. It can be nerve related also. You should get MRI done. You should meet an acupuncturist. You should meet physiotherapist. Get everyone's opinion on board. Because unfortunately in India, we don't have any such professionals. Everyone's and some are not even updated. I don't mean to say anything, but we have to make the best. So I normally tell my clients to get opinions of everyone, what they say about the same x-ray, okay. because then you get a better understanding. A lot of time what happens is one is not, it. You they can also miss, you know, they are also humans. Some way to just miss it, or they say it's not that important. But I, if I have a gut feeling it is important, I tell my client, you know, why don't you take to the physio also? Why don't you take a second opinion? Because that's not important. Yeah. And get the rehab done. Physiotherapy is very, very much important. If they are not there in your city, there are few physiotherapists who don't mind doing online. Because once a physiotherapy therapist suggests something, it can be a laser treatment. It can be a hydro treatment. 
it can be just certain exercises that's what your dog needs and if you are passed through all that then you can definitely contact me because then i can design a program specific to your dog like where your dog already is and what's our goal our goal is to just keep the dog active or our goal is to if it's a young dog we want it uh, the muscles to be much stronger and do more than what the dog can do right now all the goal is you know it happens with senior dog also they have no issues but canine fitness is also used to just keep them mentally active because they are just bored they don't want to do anything and being mentally active is so important for lengthening their life otherwise it's just like humans you know if you have no purpose you don't want to everything starts kicking in much harder and then you just lose wow yes i can't agree with you more i've seen that play out so many times um dogs our dogs do need a lot to do a lot to think about and you know just chances to be able to um have exposure to different smells and sounds and situations and uh, you know just so many things even tastes and um walks so um happy to highlight this one more time um but pranita another thing i have heard people when i talk to them about stimulation of all kinds is that my dog my dog doesn't want to learn or my dog is not in the mood or he's not in the state of mind um to he's just not interested or genuinely your your dog may not be ready to do all the fun things that you may have planned just because you planned it at a particular time it's just like a child um you know they you may have a plan 5 o'clock training time maybe the dog's not feeling it at that time so how uh, how uh, how would you say uh, to a pet parent that what's the best time or emotional state for learning and how can they really get their dogs ready and create that bond so that whatever activities we do together are actually um something that the dog is also ready to enjoy uh, as much as we are it's such a great point i love this question because that happens you know uh, we sh- we say we love our dogs we say we empathize with them but this we actually don't this is where actually empathy comes we just give up that they're not interested have we shown empathy to even figure out why they're not interested it can be if they they might be in pain they're not interested or it can be they're not understanding because you've never trained before so the brain is rusted they have no clue what you're trying to do right a lot of time i i love to say that the, especially with dogs who have trained and if we don't do anything for two years in between you know we do puppy train okay yeah. my dog is a bit in my is not biting it's peeing at right spot and it's behaving well in the house i don't need to do anything more and then two years later the dog starts having issues because the dog is bored in life or frustrated in life and then we get a call that please train my dog and then i when we start training the dog the dog takes time to learn because for two years the dog didn't learn anything new so obviously the brain needs some time to get into that learning mode so you will take a lot of time in that first step but after that you see how quickly the dog learns now coming to emotion is that maybe the dog is scared maybe the dog is nervous maybe the dog is not okay with the way you are asking your body language you know sometimes we don't realize when the dog is not doing we remove our frustration on the dog yes we might scream or even if we're not screaming we'll be like why can't you get it like 
even my is something which can affect your dog because your dog knows when you do that means something bad is going to happen you're upset and the dog will completely go in the shit so why not work with okay what are you comfortable with what do you want to do today or a dog who's been training in and out can have some days and like women we have like i say can i fitness needs 15 minutes three to five times a week that's it and just slow progress can have such a great effect it's the same thing you know i think women we don't like exercising some days we just want to stay in our bed especially i think many people are observing and understanding that after this pandemic before that people used to just put it off and it's the same way we have to look at mental health for our dogs also so figure out why it is whether it's an emotion whether it's anxiety whether it's fear whether it's something you are doing it how you're doing it whether your dog cannot do that physically you have to also see what your dog can physically and mentally do it is capable of like i can't make a golden retriever who has hip dysplasia walk on the wall like how a malinois or an indie does yeah. i can't do that they're not they cannot physically do it they're not they don't even have the drive or motivation to do it because it doesn't come naturally i'll give accounts to an account guy i'll give creatives to a creative guy it's exactly same with dogs what are their likes and dislikes and explore that expand that property as much as you can so to summarize really know and understand your dog and with patience and consistency do this um as best as you can but i think one point that i wanted to highlight is about our emotions it's not just the dog's emotions it's also our emotions if we are feeling irritable if we're not in the mood if we're going to be short tempered and snappy it's not the time to really engage with your dog you know just we need to be our emotions need to be we need to be centered happy balanced ready to do this ready to understand that other being um who brings so much joy into our life and uh, deserves that quality few minutes from us so thank you for touching on that um what are the simple things that pet parents can do at home with their dogs to just start to get uh, them fit and really start on this fitness journey so i can give certain exercises which i like to give to start with it's a great foundation exercise and as i said fitness involves mental health it involves a uh, core strength it involves body awareness flexibility everything so uh, the best thing to start is, is sit down stand teach your dog to do sit stand sit stand teach your dog to do down stand and if you can't understand there's enough information online but you need to know the posture because if exercises of fitness done with lack of knowledge that can injure your dog so you need to have the right knowledge you can contact me or see things online how what is the sit posture how is the down for correct down posture to do it always do it on soft surface like a yoga mat or a rug or grass or mud not on hard surfaces or tiles slippery surface tiles where your dog can't balance at all uh so sit down stand is great teaching your dog to spin go in circles on both sides that's a great flexibility teaching your dog to weave through your legs like doing a eight around your legs or just you're walking forward and your dog is weaving through your legs that's again a great flexibility uh, flexibility exercise okay so those are fun to teach the dog it and it builds bond it builds focus it creates confidence and it is something very easy to start with 
and like you said it should be in short bursts only few times a week right long yeah. not long sessions yes ideally any learning i would say anything new you're teaching your dog do just spend 10 to 15 minutes so if you're in that 15 minutes i might be teaching two things with breaks and the dogs have great latent learning so something that you do short and sweet and it had good success say four out of five times they succeeded that's great but if you're doing for half an hour it just builds confusion by next day your dog doesn't know what's happening and as you said you also need to be in right state of mind to do that exercise awesome pranita thank you so much this was extremely insightful and needless to say that you're constantly constantly motivating all of us to become better pet parents in fact uh, while talking i have made some new year resolutions for fitness goals for both misara and poppins for <laughs> my doggies and i know that it's constant work and it's consistent work but i also know how rewarding it is so thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for taking the time out to speak with us today everything that we spoke about is going to be summarized in the episode description for all of you awesome pet parents to go through please pick and choose as your dog's need age health conditions and personality thank you so much for taking the time to listen in and for being eager to give your dogs the best life see you soon next week